Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Agnes Drew, here with Max O'Brien and Dr. Rosalind Clark, and it's day 566 since we came back on the air. Any news, Dr. Clark? Yes. Something people should look out for, although it's not a zombie for a change, someone reported a nest of copperheads in the old storage shed near the aquatic section of the Marine Science Building. We don't want to kill them because they're helping keep the rodent population down, which we don't want a bunch of rats and mice hanging around eating our food stores. But people should be wary and not get bitten. As we covered on a previous broadcast, a snake bite isn't easily treatable since we don't have the facilities to make antivenom. Copperheads nest? I always thought they were more solitary than that. They usually are, but they hibernate in communal dens. With spring edging its way back into our life, they're starting to wake up. Their bites are not typically fatal, but they hurt like heck and can lead to secondary infections. You know who would be great to have around to deal with a problem like this? Who? Steve Irwin. The crocodile hunter? Yeah! He was super into conservation. I bet he'd just head over there and move those snakes to another place where there were fewer people and more mice for them to eat. I mean, yeah... I'd have to say you're probably right, except he lived in Australia, so even if he were still alive, the chances of him being here to do that for us would be pretty slim. Oh, and while we're on the subject, listeners, don't get any funny ideas. If you're not a snake expert, then don't go poking around over there thinking you're doing a good deed. If there's anyone within broadcast range who actually does have that kind of experience, we'd appreciate the help. But otherwise, it's better just let sleeping snakes lie, as it were. You know, Steve Irwin would be good for a lot more than just snake relocation if he were here. I bet he'd be doing all kinds of great work keeping zombies away from people. Yeah! I can just imagine him rounding them up, relocating them, studying them. Hey, I'm studying them. No offense, Dr. Clark. You're doing a great job. It's just that Steve had a much more hands-on approach. True, and I don't mean to disagree with you. His techniques were certainly a lot different than mine. I can just see it now. Steve Irwin, sneaking up on a zombie with a snare. Gonna put it in a truck or something to take it away from a populated area. Crikey! Look at this beauty! Woo! He's gotta be six feet tall and really decayed looking. Must have been out here for months, poor blighter. That's a terrible impression, Max. (laughs) Besides... He did that for the camera. I doubt he'd do it with zombies out all by himself. Well, you're probably right. But on the other hand, you never know. Did you ever see Collision Course? What was that, the Crocodile Hunter movie? Yes, it was great. Um, I liked Steve Irwin, but I'm skeptical about that movie being great. Did you actually see it, though? I confess I did not. Neither did I. I mean, look, it wasn't great cinema and it was never going to win an Academy Award or anything, but it was one of those movies that's a ton of fun. And the main reason why it was so much fun was because it didn't take itself seriously even for a minute. What do you mean? Okay. So a lot of really bad movies are really bad because they don't have the budget or the special effects are bad or the acting is terrible or whatever. But some really bad movies are bad because the premise is so completely outlandish that it's not plausible on any level. But the writers and actors behave as if everything is totally normal and serious. Collision Course wasn't like that. It was self-aware. It knew that the whole thing was silly and behaved accordingly. In what way? Well, the best example was towards the end of the movie. 
Steve's been doing his shtick with the animals the whole movie because that was his thing. But at the end, they're being chased by the bad guys. Steve, being a generally optimistic guy, has been giving these guys the benefit of the doubt through sheer blissful ignorance the whole time. But now they're actually chasing and trying to kill them. He's up on top of a moving truck, facing down one of the goons, and suddenly starts narrating it like the guy's a crocodile or something. What, like... Crikey, this thing's trying to kill us type of thing? Yes, exactly. And that's what made the movie great. It wasn't filled with tremendous acting performances, riveting tension, or even jocomantic comedy. It told a story in a fun way. It poked gentle fun at itself and found a way to have stakes and still keep things light. I loved that movie. It sure sounds like it. Agnes, put that on the list. What list? That list of things you're making that we're going to do together after the zombie situation is resolved. We're going to have a movie night with Steve Irwin's Crocodile Hunter Collision Course. Yes! It's too bad Steve isn't here with us to help with the zombies. I bet he'd do a lot of good. But we're just going to have to carry on without him. Yeah. On the other hand, it's probably a good thing that we didn't end up with a zombie Steve Irwin. That would have been interesting. But we don't have time to get into it today. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien, Dr. Rosalind Clark, and Agnes Drew. Take care of each other.